Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. I'm your host, a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California, and I am so happy you tuned in today. Today's episode is an exclusive recording from when I was a guest presenter for my good friend Kathy Heller's coaching program. In it, I discuss how to build a brand on social media as well as answer a few questions from her cohort. And y'all, I have to tell you, these brilliant minds brought the fire. So it's like teaching, business Q&A, mindset, it's all rolled into one. I can't wait for you to listen in. So without further ado, here it is. So we're going to be talking about building your personal brand on social media, but no eye rolling, y'all. No eye rolling. Because why? You guys were made to do this. You were made to build a personal brand. And so I'm going to give you a brief synopsis, three minutes of who I am. My name is Jasmine Starr, and I'm a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. I'm also the co-founder with my husband of Social Curator, a monthly social media membership that empowers small business owners to build a brand and market it on social media. And for me, the story starts in 2005, because right now you don't know who I am. And you're like, who is this crazy brown girl talking too fast and a little too edgy? Listen, there's a reason for this. Because in 2005, I was tired and I was stressed and I was wildly overwhelmed. I was a first generation law school student. And in my first year of school, I got news from my father that my mom had a relapse of brain cancer and my life got turned upside down because I was no longer just tired, stressed and overwhelmed. I was really depressed. So I moved home to be with my mom. I dropped out of law school. I was like, I'll go back. But it was in the process of moving home, moving back into the very bedroom that I grew up in with an NSYNC poster on the wall and a cheerleading outfit in the closet that I'm like, what am I doing? But all I knew was that my mother was 50 years old and I was 25 years old and life was short. I wasn't guaranteed 25 years. I wasn't guaranteed 25 minutes. So I knew I really wanted to marry my high school sweetheart. I wanted my mom to see us get married. We got married. And against all odds, my mother walked me down the aisle and my mother is still here with us today. But what I did not know back in 2005 was that she would be here. So she became a North Star so that when it was time for me to go back to law school, get back with my scholarships, my husband, my poor brand new husband, we'd been married like a month. And he said, if you could do one thing for the rest of your life and be happy, what would it be? And I'm like, I don't want to go back to law school. That's safe and that's predictable. And I get to wear that as a badge. Like, look at me, daughter of an immigrant. I get to move my family from a socioeconomic status into other things, but I was so unhappy in the process. And so he said, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to be a photographer. And he said, okay, but you don't have a camera. And I said, I know, but if I had a camera, I really think I can make this work. And on January 1st, 2006, I opened my very first digital camera and I was terrible. I wasn't even bad. Like I was a really terrible photographer. But when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you become desperate and ingenuity comes from desperation. Because if you're comfortable in life, you won't make the hard decisions or do the hard things to get you out of it. For me, it was You're going back to law school, which you know you hate, or you're going to make this thing work. You have too much writing on this dream. So I went to the University of Google. I taught myself everything I possibly could. By 2009, I was voted one of the top photographers in the world. In 2010 and 2012 were subsequent awards for my work. Was I all that great? The answer here very clearly from me first. 
so that when you hear from other people on the internet saying, she's not that good, guess what? I know. But my first year of business, I was generating over six figures of income, not because I'm cute, not because I'm funny, not because I'm rich, I wasn't, not because I mentioned, not because of any of that stuff, but I had built a personal brand. And this is where people are like, wait a minute, how in three years were you able to take literally nothing and turn it into something? People want to know how did that happen? And that's the conversation I want to have today because in the back of somebody's mind right now, somebody could say, Jasmine, you're unqualified. To which I will reply, not only was I unqualified, I was unprepared, I was unfunded, I was unconnected, I was uneducated. I was all of those things. You're right. I should not have built the business that I did. But I did it anyway. And so now when people ask me, Jasmine, I have this crazy dream of being a life coach. Jasmine, I have this crazy dream of doing a documentary. Jasmine, I have this crazy dream of starting a podcast. Do it. I believe in the crazy. I believe in the impossible because there were a, one or two people who looked at me and said, I bet on you. Do you bet on you? And that's the conversation I want to have today. Because what I know is that impossibilities are just possibilities in disguise. Will you look at the shorthand that you were given? Will you look at your lack of money? Will you look at your beat up car? Will you look and you hear when people talk trash about you? Will you say, this is where I stop? Or will you choose to say, in spite of that, I shall rise? Now, enough of me getting off the soapbox. Now let's get into business, right? Like, how did you actually do the dang thing? I built a brand. That's just what it is. And so for in order for us to get on the same page, I'm going to turn to somebody who's so much smarter than me. That's Seth Godin. A brand is a set of expectations, memories, and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. Right? Like, why do you shop at, like, why do you buy your coffee from Starbucks and not coffee bean and tea leaf? Why do you like Nikes and not Reebok? Why do you go to Nordstrom instead of Macy's? You are all making conscious or subconscious decisions as to why you're buying from one business or another. Now, if that's a little too high level, I get it. How about this? This, this is like a definition from the hood. A brand is not defined by a business, but by a consumer's perception of the business. Somebody once told me, Jasmine, your brand is what somebody says about you when you walk out of the room. Ooh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, a brand has nothing to do with what you sell and everything to do with how you make somebody think or feel or talk about you. I don't care what it is you're selling. Now, if we get to this point in time, people oftentimes, I like, get to this point in the conversation, like, yeah, Jasmine, but you probably had X. And I am here to be 100% with you and walk you through what I did my first year of business. I said, I really want to start a business. I don't know how to get it off the ground, but I need to know what's working in my favor and what's working against me. Because if I know what's against me, I can approach my adversary cognitively. So what are my assets? I'm going to get to those in a second. But when we talk about liabilities, these are things that I thought would hurt my business. I didn't have any money. I dropped out of law school. My husband was a startup company. We literally lived in the shadiest of all shadiest neighborhoods in Los Angeles. I had no knowledge. I literally had never owned or operated a digital camera before. I didn't know, as a daughter of an immigrant, as a girl from the hood, I didn't know a single person in my life who had ever started a business. And I didn't have a network. I didn't know any other creatives. And so I'm looking at all these things and I'm like, but I still want to be a photographer. Well, let me list about the things that I have. And I'm explaining what I did because I want you to do the same. I'm very active. Like as you're writing, jot down the things that you think 
are going to impede you from pursuing your dreams. And then on the other side of this sheet, bisect it with a single line. I want you to list your assets, things that you think will help you pursue your dream and or your business. Now, at the time, which still remains today, I, I liked to write. Like I started a blog and the blog in 2006 was only there to document the time I tried to start a business and failed. That was what the blog was for. I felt like my, an asset was my name. My name is Jasmine Starr. I have a twin sister and her name is Bianca Flower. I have another sister. Her name is Alexandria Lavender. My mom was a hippie and loved flowers. Her vision was to have like an English garden of daughters, except for the fact that my mom's Puerto Rican. And I'm like, mom, we should probably leave the names to England. Um, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. My name is that. And I thought I, I can use it from a marketing perspective and my personality. There is, I can see people watching right now and half the people are engaged and taking notes and other half people are just like completely skeptical and being like, when is this thing over? And you want to know what? I'm here for it. I knew that my personality only does one of two things. I either attract you or I repel you. Great. I don't want somebody in the middle. When you're in the middle, you're forgettable. So now let's look at my liabilities. I had no money, no education and no network. That has everything to do with being a photographer. And what did I think was actually helpful? writing, my name, and personality. Those things had nothing to do at all with my business. So the thing that I realized then, which is what I stand here now and say, is that what I realized as I built a business off nothing was that clients chose photographers, not just photographs. And students choose teachers and coaches, not just curriculum. And people choose bakers, not just the cakes. So if we know that people are making emotional decisions about their consumerships, it is totally okay for us to own our story and use it as a benchmark for whatever it is we want to sell. So if you co-sign on that, if you know that you have bought essential oils from somebody you made a decision to buy it from that person and not 150,000 other people are selling the same dang thing. If you used your hard-earned money and you went to go watch a movie on a Friday night, you're super cognizant about the decision you're making to pay that director, that movie house, that producer to do that as opposed to watching another movie. So if we know that, how then do you get this philosophy and really apply it to social media? So your homework right now, and we can work through this later, or you can work it at home, is I want you to list three words. Now, I want these words to really focus on you, not your business. So when I was starting my photography, one of the words that I was writing was not photographer. I needed to choose words that were of me. Because when people talk about being real and authentic and vulnerable online, people are always like, but how? Well, anytime you try to be something that you're not, anytime it's aspirational, right? Like, so I would tell like my husband, like, maybe I'm funny. And he's like, mm, I don't, I don't know if you're funny. I was like, no, no, you see, I'm really funny. And like, at the end of the day, I'm not all that funny. That's super aspirational. So on the words that I wanted to, we came to the agreement. And he's like, I think you're a lot of fun. And I was like, I am. That's the word I am. That was real funny. I was like me trying really hard. Well, fine. Some people don't think, some people don't agree. That's okay. You're not my people. Now, we talked about these words, not in an aspirational form, but present day. And I know this seems super high level woo woo, but watch how we all this tie in together. 
because these words will become your barometers of success. How do you know you're building an effective personal brand on social media? It is when people mirror back the thing that you want them to say about you. So let's walk this through an example. When I started my photography career, the words that I wanted to become defining of my brand, aka a division of myself, is when people spoke about me, I wanted them to describe my work as fun, fresh. Like I was a young photographer. I was new to the scene. I didn't want any that stole like the stodgy Olin Mills, like the two floating heads, like the color selection of a bouquet with red flowers. Like I didn't want any of that. I wanted a fresh take. And I wanted people to describe my work as editorial. I wanted my clients to feel like they were in a magazine shoot. So when I understood that the base of any business is on word of mouth, we as business owners need to control the words that people are saying. But if you don't ever hone your focus in on those words, people will say a thousand different things about you. The more cognizant you become about saying the same words again, 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 that's what people describe you. Now, back in 2006, I am showing you my website. And, and then, now, this is probably a lot more common now, but go back to 2006 and 2007. As a creative, you led with your creation. As an artist, you led with your art. And so here I came along saying, yo, I'm actually not that good but I'm a good people person, I have a great experience, your family's gonna have fun, you're gonna live your wedding day not having to be under the thumb of somebody following them around, this is the list of what we do. No, I put so much of myself out on my website, this is prior to social media, that some people looked at this and said, this is ridiculous, I don't care about your lip gloss, sweetheart, I don't care that you like cowboy boots, good, you're not my people. But if you clicked on the last page of the last link, and you liked me, it was done. It was never a sales pitch for me. People came to me and said, you're my people. Why? They knew me. They wanted to experience this. So let's talk about barometers of success. We started seeing this big push between 2008, 2014, right? This was like, this is a big push in social media, a big, big, big change. I started using Facebook around like late 2008, 2009, around that time. Here's a barometer of success. She tags me. She doesn't say, I had a great photographer. She doesn't say, I love my wedding photos. She says, Jasmine Star is a rock star. Seriously, brides to be. If you haven't picked a wedding photographer and want an incredibly talented and super fun one, she's your girl. I am not putting this as a hashtag humble brag. I'm literally using it as an example to say, most on average, People on Facebook have somewhere in the ballpark of 350 to 450 friends. Anytime you have a follower going to their audience, not just saying the thing that they bought from you, but they highlight you as the artist, you as the creative, your barometers of success go high because what they're doing is they're co-signing, they're vouching. It's no longer word of mouth, but word of mouse. They are speaking on your behalf. This is what I learned in 2007 and 2008. And what you're looking at right now is 2020 of my website. I do the same dang thing and it still pushes a lot of people away. I do the same dang thing on Facebook. I do the same dang thing on Instagram. Now my words have changed from being solely a photographer. I have now pivoted and moved into business strategy and empowering people. So how then do I know my barometers of success? Is when people say, Jasmine teaches me how to be consistent. 
Jasmine inspires me, but not in a feel-good way. It inspires me to action. I don't want you feeling good about me. I want you feeling good, angry, happy, excited, scary, into action. I don't care what the emotion is. Just do the dang thing. And when people say that all I needed was somebody to believe in me and at that thing, what people put out is when I know I'm doing this. Now, let's turn this all back to you. I walked you through how you can choose your brand words. I walked you through the exercise. I walked you through how these become barometers of success of how you want somebody to feel about you. And this is what you do again and again on social. That all sounds fine and dandy, but I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And just in case you're not really sure if this is will work, I only teach what I know and I only teach what I do. I challenge you to look at my weekly tutorials, at my blog posts, on going live on Facebook, on doing polls on Instagram, on using stories to show your personality. I send a newsletter every week. I've created a bio video. All of this, the only thing I want you to do is pick one thing that you can do. I would say today, but it's a Friday. Let's be real, okay? Like, I get it, I get it. Can you choose one thing on this Friday and do it on Monday? I could take you to the water, but you gotta drink it. And if you're confused or unsure how to do it, please go and check out everything I've done and then you do it in your own way for your own customer. Because what I can say, sorry guys, a little technical snafu, because what I can say is where I started the conversation was that I do not believe I'm cute, smart, funny, rich, witty, popular, cool. I am definitely not an influencer. I am not charming. I am not lucky. I am not adorable. Some people say I'm not talkative. I'm generally not talkative. But when I teach, boy, oh boy, do we go. But all of those things, I don't think that any of this or that or this, that, and the other will ever make me a success. And I don't think that you will be a success if you don't think I'm, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too ugly. I'm too pretty. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm too dumb. I'm too smart. All I know is that I make people feel something. I do what Seth Godin says you should do. Create an experience. I do not care if you don't like me. It means nothing to me. The only thing I want you to do is trust me. Trust that I have your best intentions in mind and trust that there is one crazy girl who believes in your crazy idea. The question is, will your actions map your aspirations? Because if all you do is want it and you don't do anything towards it, I'm gonna tell you, you don't want it as bad as somebody else who's willing to do the work. So this is a branding review. Then we're gonna get into Q&A, we're gonna dig deep. I want you to take what you have and make it work. Whatever your assets are, even if they don't pertain to the thing you want to do, find a way to connect them. Because when I said, hey guys, I like to write and I want to be a photographer, people said, that's stupid. Well, guess what? I started a blog and that blog started getting 20 to 25,000 unique views a day. That is taking something that had nothing to do with photography and then turning it into photography. I want you to build a brand by showcasing who you are and not what you do. And I want you to use your branding words to measure your success. So y'all can check out, y'all can creep, y'all, we can become friends. You can find out more about who I am and what I do at jasminestar.com and on all social platforms at Jasmine Star. So as things are going, I am here to dedicate this next time to answering every question 
And if you think this is a dumb question, and if you think I'm going to betray how behind I am than everybody else, you need to ask the question. You need to oh stand God. at the home plate with the bat and say, I am not moving until I get a pitch that I can hit. So that is what I'm here for. I want you to come at me. And so the way that we do this is in a hot seat is I'm going to model this how we do it in uh, Social Curator. There's a coaching methodology, QUA, Q-U-A-A. -A. You're going to ask me a question, but you know the question is never about the question, right? There's always an underlying question that we need to first address far before we can actually get to an action, what I propose you should do. And then we're going to talk about accountability because this isn't just some random Facebook Live. This is Kathy curating a group of people who will then keep you accountable. All right, Jennifer Lee, you're first. So hi, Justin. Hi, Kathy. And hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be in this community and it already helped me break through a lot of barriers that I have before. So the project I'm have, uh, setting my mind doing now is to do custom jewelry involving gemstones that I really like. So my question on the surface is, <laughs> when should I reach out to my immediate circle of people I know? For example, using my personal Facebook page to reach out to people. Uh, why I have this struggle is because I'm, I'm being very different from how other people see me. Uh, like if you see in my background, this is where I live in, in a very professional family with doctors and scientists, but I want to be an artist. And through the artist way, uh, I remind myself like there's for now, at least in the beginning, I need to safeguard myself from a criticizing circle. Emotion okay, Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer, I got you, boo. I got you. I got you. Her question is, how do I reach out to my immediate circle for help? purchases, support, whatever, right? How do I reach out to my inner circle about X? Oh, when? Or when? The underlying question from what I hear is, am I ready to hear their judgment, their opinions, and will I be okay with it? Because the, mat the, the issue isn't when. It could be tomorrow, it could be next year. But before you actually give somebody the power to have an opinion about your desire to pursue jewelry, you yourself have to be okay with knowing they're going to have an opinion and many of them probably won't support you. They're going to wonder why. They're going to think it's foolish. So this is just what happened. Many of us are going through the same thing, Jennifer. The thing that we want the most is the validation from the people who know us the most. And the people who will make it the hardest to give that validation are those of us who are close to us and those of us who have had a dream that has been killed or dashed before. And because people love you, they want to save you from that. So you have to come out and ask for exactly what you need. You can say, mom, dad, aunties, grandma, I know I should be a doctor. And I know I can be a doctor or whatever it is they want you to be. Say, but my life is my own. And I'm going to tell you a very precious secret and desire of mine. And the only thing I need from you is to support me. I know you will have your opinions, but I have my own doubts and my own fears. And I can't carry the weight of your doubt and your fears. You see, I've already made the decision. I will become a jewelry designer. And if I become rich and famous, or if I just do this as a passion of mine, I need the permission from you to pursue it because my life is my own. And if they can't give it to you then, then it's okay, Jennifer. Your success will silence their doubts. 
You only owe it to yourself to do this. And if you do this and nothing comes from it, it is so much better in your life to say, I tried it, than going through the safe and predictable path of always wondering, what if? I would rather die on the sword of failure than ever succeed a half-life. Because Jennifer, you won't fail. You won't. There's no such thing as failure. You will learn the thing you needed to learn and you will meet people that you needed to meet. And a part of you will always be that creative. And even if you go back to medicine or back to law or back to accounting, you will go back and you will say, I will still have this passion and this gift and this refinement that I could still continue to share. But you need to ask for the thing that you want. So question was, when do I reach out to my family? The underlying question is, will I ever be okay with their judgment? And I'm telling you, you have to. Now it comes back into your action. The action then becomes for Jennifer or anybody else who's listening right now. You have to decide when you will tell them. I do not think you have to tell them today or next week. You get to make the rules. But what I don't want you doing is setting a date and then saying, okay, well, next week. Or auntie got sick, so I can't say it now. No. You need to prepare yourself emotionally and mentally and physically and soulfully for that decision. And then what I want you to do is I want you to pick one person, three people, 10 people, whatever you need to keep you accountable. So if you say on March 31st or on April 2nd or on July 4th, you're telling your family, then you need to tell these other people and say, can you please follow up with me to make sure that I did it? And better yet, if there's somebody else who needs to tell somebody else about something, read out to Jennifer and say, I too am going to find I'm going to find the courage to say it. So you guys both keep each other accountable. You guys are both kismet matches to keep each other to the thing that you have to do. So Jennifer, how are we feeling now? So I think on the surface, I'm emotional, but it's good. At least this is a safe place to be. And I, I do think it's doable and I'll do it because I think these days, unlike what I did before now, I already put all my gems on my table. Even my grandma who's walking around the home would say, what are these? And although some of them still say, I think they don't see real gemstone in their lives. <laughs> they were asking, what are these? I don't think they are satisfied. They couldn't be and things like that. But my grandma who is more understanding would say, I think you should go study something about this. So I do know when we show up in the world and who we need to be, people who met us, will see it if you give them some time to learn and understand yep. your passion. And uh, I'm very grateful that I will have my accountability group and everyone else in our me to do it if you want to have this accountability to also connect um, yeah, here for each other. And yeah, I I think that's why I the reminder you gave me is also to myself. Like I need to give myself permission and I need to have that expectation. And I think that's where the emotion comes with. Mm -hmm. it's needed it's part of the process thank you jennifer thank you for being open thank you for starting this off in like a real place because i don't know about you but i'm gonna raise my hand how many of us have gone through or are going through the difficulty of telling somebody or admitting publicly that this is the thing we wanted of course so you're not alone you're not alone we stand with you and we have gone before you and many of us who are doing the thing we want to do had to go through exactly what you wanted to do. Everything you're going through now is preparing you for the thing that you asked for. Are you brave enough to face it? And I believe that you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Hi, Jasmine. I work as an accountant, so it's funny you said accountant, and I'm bored to death. 
and I am transitioning into money and life coaching. And my platform is called Midlife Moneymaker. But I, I share with the group that I have kind of a depressing, but kind of inspirational story. So I want to know how to decide how much of my story to, to share, because it could start to get a little heavy, and I don't want to take people down. So I'm trying to figure out how much to share and how much to keep to myself. Because I did share a lot last week, and you know, I, I don't want to overpower people with it all. Yeah. Uh, we, I just had a conversation about this today, and it's something that I'm very passionate about because what we see in social media is that social media really, really, really had this big like advent in 2008, 2009 with Facebook, Twitter, and then you know it, like, all these different iterations. And what has happened is now that we can look back a decade in, we have realized that we have now set up these parameters of what should and should not be spoken about. And like this applies not just to Gail and figuring out her origin story. This applies to anybody who's putting something out in a social capacity in relation to their business. Listen, however you want to roll your personal Instagram, your personal Facebook account, you, you do you. There's no rules. But if you're trying to build a business like Gail is trying to build financial and life coaching, then what we share, the rule that I have created is the stranger on the airplane is what would you say to somebody you just sat down next to on an airplane? Now, what you're comfortable with might be different than what I'm comfortable with. Some people are not comfortable talking about their children. Some people are not comfortable talking about a really traumatic past experience. But I, I really deferred to, I think it was Brené Brown or Elizabeth Gilbert, and they both said, either one of them said, you should talk about an experience from a scar, not a wound. Mm. When, you, when you have healed from it, we have the capacity to talk about the learning or the value and not from the pain. When you speak from the pain, it, people are like, you're lost and I don't know how to help you. And people immediately go, whoa. But when you talk about, I went through a hard thing, this is the thing I learned. And what we want, and we see this done in Hollywood, it's called the hero's journey. We want to root for the person who beat the odds, but we might not want to know all the odds again and again and again. So when it comes to your story, what I want you to do is to protect the very personal components and you talk about this isolated thing that had happened and you own it. You own the space that you might make somebody uncomfortable and you bring it down and you say, this was this instant. But let me tell you, I could have turned this way, but instead I did this. And this is why I do this here now today. I want to save you the time and the energy and the pain. And I want to turn it into a purpose. And I do that with my life coaching and I do it with my financial coaching. So again, very, very, very kernel. Talk about the value. Talk about the learning. And then say, I invite you to join that journey with me. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So good. So now... Can you do that with more than one story or you should really focus on one? Well, if you are just starting, it is one story. Okay. And, and, and if you're like, but Jasmine, I have just lived a tumultuous life. I have 27. That's good. Now, what I want you to do is create accountability here with people. And this is, I, I learned this term from somebody who's in public relations. It's called the lean in story because you could tell me 27 things, 27 stories. But the one that I'm actually leaning into, like, ooh, tell me more, that's the start of your origin story. And whenever you're telling a story and somebody's just like, mm-hmm, and they're kind of like looking at their phone or they're kind of like looking around, don't, don't, don't tell that story. Like, yeah. people, people tell you what they want to hear. Anytime you have a lean-in story, they're like, huh, okay. Now, 
I literally showed you how it was done in this talk. My origin story is not about my mother's battle with cancer, nor is it about her valiantly moving into remission. The story, and I could have made it so much more dramatic. I don't tell people that it was a decade. I don't tell that I was in the emergency room. I don't tell that I cleaned my mama's bed and moved fecal matter from her hair. I could, mm-hmm. but I don't, right? I say she battled. But what did I learn from that? Life is short. Do what you want to do. Stop wasting time. So that origin story was a whole pivot in my life and the thing that I'm applying. And I want you to choose one thing okay. and then move on from there. Makes sense. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi. I'm good. My project is in the parenting space and there is so much noise and so much advice and so much self-crowned queens of parenting. And I do not want to be that. My struggle is so real. As part of my backstory, and this is this is a, a weird thing to have to suffer through. My mother is literally perfect. Everything that happens to her, everything she faces, she takes in stride. She never sweats. She's the queen of unruffled. So when I have faced struggles as a parent, I have been shocked. I have I have felt diminished. I felt demoralized. Um, so I I have come up with various strategies, approaches, templates, and guides about how I tackle parenting. Um, and some of them are really good and I'm getting lots of great feedback about it. So I'm, I'm rolling this out. I'm, I'm envisioning how this is going to take shape, but I'm really scared about coming across as somebody who knows what she's doing because the mess and the things that I fight against and work through, those are the people, people who struggle like I do. Those are the people that I want to reach. And I don't want to come across as I have it figured out. Okay, so one, to steal words from, like, this really profound boss big Kathy Heller, she says, like, your mess becomes your message. So, you know, there's that. And then the question, the question is, how do I not come across as a know-it-all? And the underlying question is, I'm afraid of people judging me as a know-it-all. Yeah. Listen, as a girl from the hood, I love me some Eminem. And when you watch, like, 8 Mile, like, the reason why he was such a good rapper was that he made fun of himself before anybody had the opportunity, which is goodness gracious. I said this in the presentation. I don't care that you think I'm not a good photographer. I didn't need the world to think I was a good photographer. I needed 50 people who would hire me for 10, 15, $20,000. And all I'm asking you is for you to call out that you worry people will judge you. And for you to call out, like, I, to me, it seems really weird that you had said, let's talk about not being an industry authority. Listen, baby boo, we want authorities. I can proudly say as a mom, I don't want somebody guessing. I, I don't want to waste my time. I want, I want you to say, I don't have it together, but I have a unique advantage point that my mother was perfect. She was the queen of unruffled and I am living in a shadow. And I don't know about you if it's a self-imposed shadow or one that actually exists. But for those of us who are shadow dwellers trying to find the light as mothers, that's what I'm here to do. When you say that, I could say, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You already said, I know. I'm here figuring out and I'm going to share what I know. When you can just come out, people talk often about being real and authentic and vulnerable, but like if you're really cognizant about it, it's inauthentic. Like if you just show up as you in your superpower, admitting what you know and what you don't know and stepping into that, that's it. That's the truest sense of authenticity. And I want you to say, some people might not think of me as an authority, 
but I am an authority in this and there's a small group of people who believe that. And if you have 100,000 followers or 10,000 followers, you just need a small group of people who are willing to bring out their credit card and buy the thing that you wanna sell. That's it. And to everybody else, have an opinion. And if you do, spell my name right and give me a link. I don't care. I don't care. Because if you don't like me, the thing that I have found that has been so juicy is that people are the, the, when all the haters, there have been times in my career where there have been concerted efforts and waves of people attacking me with pitchforks and knives and fire. That has not happened once. It has not happened twice. I pray to sweet baby Jesus. It won't happen again, but chances are it probably will. And when it does, Every time, like the phoenix, I will rise. Because what I have noticed in the darkest, crappiest, worst times was when my business was the most successful. Because people who just were talking trash about me, other people were like, who is this girl? Come and find out what it is that I do would end up buying the thing that I was selling because they made up their own dang mind. So people can have opinions. Got to develop some thick skin. You got to keep on rising. Got to do what you do and understand that you need to convince one or 2% of your audience to buy the thing that you want. That's it. That's business. And my friend Emily McDowell says it so well. She's like, Kath, there was a time where I was so worried about what people thought. And then one of my friends said to me, people already don't like you. Let it go. It's just so liberating. Like there are people who don't like you already. And how ridiculous. There are people who don't like Seinfeld. There are people who don't like peaches. So what? It's like, great. You can't please everybody. And as Jasmine said before, earlier on, she said it a couple different ways, but you don't actually want everyone to like you because you want to weed out the people who will never buy from you, will never fly your flag, will never sit at your party, will never be there for you. Never. So let's let go of that. It's actually a gift. You want to only work with the people who you really are for. Y'all, that was just a sneak peek into the Q&A. It went on for about another hour, but I wanted to make sure that we highlighted some of the juiciest questions to, in order to help your business. Many thanks to Kathy for allowing me to share it here on the podcast. I have nothing but love for her. She's a fantastic friend. Since this entire discussion revolved around mindset, it got me thinking, okay, are you ready for this? Because you knew this was coming, right? Are you ready to tackle your limiting beliefs and make the mindset shifts that you just heard so many business owners making? And perhaps you're not in a mastermind or in group coaching. Friends, I have something for you. I'm just gonna come out and say, you probably will love my free mindset makeover workbook. It includes five crucial mindset shifts you need to make to succeed in business. A powerful exercise that changed everything for me in business and a corresponding video to watch whenever you're feeling lost. You can download this free workbook at jasminestar.com forward slash mindset or by clicking the link in the episode description from wherever you're tuning in today. I can't wait to help you tackle those limiting beliefs and grow your business to new heights by changing nothing but your perspective on the same situation. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>